Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Waterball Life podcast with myself, Gary, and Ant. I'm joined by Ant today as normal, should I say? How are you, mate? <laughs> yeah, good, mate. Thank you very much yourself. Yeah, very well, very well. And today we're also joined by a uh, co-host of the All Better Off podcast, uh, Mr. Chris Gillum. How are you, Chris? Hi, Gary. Yeah, great. Thanks. It's really great for you and Ant to have me on today. Cheers, guys. All right. Very welcome. Very welcome. Obviously, we're going to be talking today about a, a very sensitive subject, um, something that, to be quite honest, uh, sport isn't really doing enough about. Um, and I know, obviously, my co-host, Ant, wants to kind of, you know, tell his story as well as, obviously, Chris, we've got you on the pod uh, to discuss all better off podcast, um, everything to do with that as well. So um, we'll just get straight into it. Um, and we'll, we'll firstly go to you, Chris, in regards to the all uh, all better off podcast. Um how did that come around? Yeah, so um, it was totally unexpected, to be honest. One of these things that just happens very quickly. Um, yeah. Lockdown started last year, what's about March 2020, something like mm-hmm. that. And in April 2020, I got approached um, by a guy called At Ruined Gambler. He was at the time. He'd been writing a few blogs and stuff. He, he'd just gone into recovery from gambling. Um and yeah, he just sent a message that said anybody, actually a tweet, not a message, a tweet out, anybody f- 
fancy actually not even fancy being part of does anybody want to um listen to a new gambling recovery podcast I was like, yeah, sounds great. Um, within a couple of days, he'd messaged me, do you want to be a co-host? I was like, yeah, let's do this. Um, and then there were four of us, me, Kelly and Kishan, who both went back to At Ruined Gambler, um, who in fact is Ryan, who does the All Better Off podcast with me. And uh, within a few weeks, we put our first episode out. Um, that's how it was. We thought during lockdown, let's make something good of this. We know people are going to be out there struggling. So let's put our lived experience to good use. Two of us, actually three of us recovering from gambling at that time. And Kish, whose dad uh, was a gambler. Um, and that's why Kish was there with his lived experience. In episode, uh, sorry, not episode two, season two, Kelly moved on and we got Tracy in and her husband, Ray, was a gambler in recovery. And he found recovery um, from listening to our podcast. So it was great to get Tracy on uh, to talk about stuff. But yeah, so really uh, just April 2020 last year, floated the idea. We decided to start doing it. And within a year and a, well, what, 18 months or something like that, we've done four seasons. We've had 99 guests on, I think, with lived experience. Um, So absolutely amazing. Yeah, just talking about the harm that gambling can cause, um, listening to people's stories, talking about... Um, change as well and we've got quite a few episodes actually where we talk about football funny enough as you do we've got a football episode funny enough Villaricky Town and Lewis FC on there who both say no to gambling sponsorship and and yeah so um, that's where we've come from Um, and yeah we're going to keep having this discussion as we go forward to to help people out really really the other thing is to let people know that um, if you've got a problem you know if gambling is harming you and you aren't the problem. I always want to say that you aren't the problem. There's an industry there which makes this um, very difficult to crack as well. And I'm sure we'll come on to the advertising side of it later. Um, but reach out for help, you know. Please do reach out for help. We're, we're there for that. And I, I know you guys would be too. And you can always pass people over to us. Yeah, I, I guess that's where uh, you come in here. And um, obviously mm-hmm. to talk about, you know, you, you put it out there on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, that you've had your problems with gambling. And I know for... Mm-hmm the longest time that you've you've really wanted to cover this in a podcast and have been very passionate to cover cover this so just want you to tell us like like you know myself and chris like how how did this come around for you like and how how do you help yourself uh well i come around if we start the beginning um i was working uh for the energy company uh in the north and it was commission-based work, so like you could only get your pay off, you know, if you signed a couple of people up. And I must admit, I wasn't a very good salesman. I was only twenty, so I wasn't like I don't think I was like too long in the tooth for that. You know what I mean? So as I like, basically trying to convince people to to join an energy company wasn't for me. And I, every time they were saying no, I was like, all right, no problem. This that and going out, and I found myself not earning much. I mean, I was still living at home, so that was all right. But like my mum was wanting bored at the time you know and uh, we were going out and wanting you know wanting like you know to go out and and have a drink and stuff so one of the guys there was like well if you're not making much just you know i've got like i've got like tips every now and again put this on put that on and that's how it started i mean i never really went into a betting shop until i was probably 19 18. um and that was just to put the grand national on so it was just a couple of quid for the grand national and I never really found myself to be a betting kind of man. I never thought it would be it would be me, you know what I mean? I'm sure everyone thinks that. But even like like fruit machines, I Gary, me and you like the a little go on the fruit machine, but it was never to an extent. 
and started, uh, you know, following this guy and his tips and started earning quite a little bit of money. I was like 20 year old and I was earning like, you know, through through the gambling kind of side of things, net under two grand a month. And for that, for a 20 year old, a lot of money. Um, so, yeah, like, so from then on, I got another job working good hours, earning decent money. But I was still kind of going to to this guy at, um, at Empower and saying, look, you know, have you got any tips this week? Have you got that? And yeah, it started off where it was winning all the time, and I thought, well, this is easy. This I'll I'll do this, you know, more often. Ended up going down uh, Durham where I live on all of my days off, taking like a couple hundred quid and stuff. Sometimes I won, sometimes I lost. Um, didn't think much of a problem of it, but then I kept losing, I kept losing, I kept losing. I thought, well, you know, I need to do something to try and get my money back. And the worst thing I ever did, and I always said, the worst thing I ever did when I was um, just just before I finished Empire and joined Durham Council, where I'm at now, I took out a bank loan. Um, it was only £4,000 at the time. For me, it was like, you know, that's a huge amount of money. I was only 20. I was like, that's huge. I'll use that. And that went very, very, very quickly. And so I thought, well, what else can I do with a bank loan? seemed easy. So I took another one out, then took another one out, and then took another one out. It all came to a head at York Races. I was there with my dad. And my dad had no idea. You know, he had no clue what I was doing this thing. I was like pretending I was going to snooker clubs and, you know, just going for drives and things like that. And I lost about £4,000 at York one day at York races. And I remember on the night I said to my dad, we were, we were um, one of the bars at York and we said, look, I've got a big problem here. You know, massive, massive, massive problem and ended up going to um, try it out. Gamblers Anonymous first and did like face-to-face meetings. Um, and I don't think I gave that me full attention, to be honest, because I thought, ah, it's just, it's just, um, it's just like a tap. I can turn it off, turn it on whenever I could. Um, I couldn't, and then I found online gambling, which has no absolutely no filters. You know, you, you go on the machines and the boogies, they cap to five hundred pound, they cap to two quid a spin, but online you can put a hundred pounds on whatever you know, or this any anything you want you can put. And I ended up, um, this was. When was I living on my own? So this is five, six years ago, and it come to a head again. And I again, I took bank loans out, and I was spending, you know, thousands of pounds a spin on this like kind of roulette, like a wheel of fortune wheel to try and like win some money. And I ended up getting myself into a lot of a lot of debt. I'm about eighty, eighty, ninety thousand pounds in debt, and I'm in what's called an IVA now. Um, but but I, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have Yasmin as my girlfriend. Um, you know, I've got a nice house, got two dogs and everything, but I don't have a credit rating. I don't have, um, you know, I can't buy a, a car. You know, I've got to get a car through work, through lease. Um, I can't buy a mobile phone contract. That has to be my dad. My dad has my money now. I don't touch my money. Um, I get, like, pocket money off my dad, so I feel like a 10-year-old. Um, but... Down. A lot of it came back again where I was like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that. And I found something online called GamStop. Um, and I took that out straight away as soon as lockdown came in. I said, right, I'm going to ban myself for five years so I can't gamble online or anything like that. But the mental side of not, you know, not being able to do it and, you know, even going to bookies and stuff. And, you know, I put the odd five pound coupon on, but the lure of that is every day. And I'm sure, Chris, you can associate with this, this little ticking time bomb in your head. Uh, you've always got to be, you've always got to try and think about something else. Um, I find the mental side of that the hardest thing about being a gambler. You know, I've been, yeah, I've been, I have a 10-pound football bet now. If it loses, I'm fine. 
but it's every day waking up and thinking, oh, I could go out and I could do this. And my kind of thing is the regret of like I want to I want to get married to my girlfriend eventually down the line. I want a child, and it's saying like it's saying that the asthma. No, I can't afford this. I can't afford that. I mean, this week we are we're both skint. You know, it's coming up to the end of um, the end of the month. We're, we're, we're the, the end of uh, our pages. I bought the same day next week. And we've got hardly any, I've got like nothing to, you know, to provide her. And, and I feel like I failed her and I feel like I failed my family. Like my mum's, um, my mum's helped us out. My dad's took chunks of money out to help us out, you know, and, and my dad had a really, really good pension. He's used a little bit of that to help out. And I just feel like I failed everybody. You know, I really do feel like that. And that I think the mental torture is worse than actually addiction itself. You know, the the regret and the... Um, the kind of thing that you've wasted, you know, what all the money out there. If I had 15 years of my life's been wasted and it's trying to start again. And um, the, the reason why we want, I wanted to talk about was Paul Merson last week. I mean, I had absolutely, I knew Paul Merson was a gambler, but I had no idea to that extent. Um, and because of that documentary, I went to my first Gamblers Anonymous group meeting on Tuesday. And I found that so, you know, therapeutic, even though there's a lot of people in a lot of trouble, but to talk to other people, to talk like people who actually know what you've gone through and, and have gone through the same thing was was just amazing and, and that'll be something I'll be taking on in the future to be honest. Chris, um would you have any kind of words of advice? Like how, how obviously you you're, you've recovered, um obviously that's a big thing on your Twitter as well. I think that's like the first thing that you put in your, your header, which is great. Um obviously you can tell you're very proud of it. What kind of advice or what kind of conversation do you think you would you would be having with Ant after sharing, obviously, all that sensitive information that he just has had to share to us. There's, there's loads I want to say. Yeah. While you were talking, then, I was thinking I've got to let you finish, but I just <laughs> want to jump in with so much stuff here. Um, and the first thing is to say, well done. Mm. Well done. And you sharing this here is, like, big. It's fantastic. Um, I, I find um, the thing that has helped me to change and the first thing, um, I go to Gamblers Anonymous as well. And the yeah. first thing was obviously I didn't want to gamble. I knew I couldn't gamble anymore. Um, but then I realised actually it's about change because there's a reason I was gambling. Um, and and that's what I've done. I've continued to change day by day. And things aren't necessarily easy for me now, but I'm able to deal with things um, which I used to gamble on or drink on because, you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic as well as a recovering gambler. Um, and I'm glad you went back to that GA meeting. On Tuesday, um, yeah, I loved it, mate. Yeah, I, I know it's hard to say like oh, I love something like that, but to to come out of that, I think something went off in my head. To be honest, um, yeah, I really do feel that. I can get that because my first experience at a GA meeting, and you know, like I know there are other ways to recover now as well. So it, it isn't the only way. It's the way that I found really good at first, and I still continue to do now. But it was I walked into a room where I thought there would be a certain type of person, and I was wrong. It was just people from all different ways of life, all different kinds of jobs, men and women. There were more men in there than women, but, you know, the more I've gone back, the more I've seen more and more women as well, different age groups. And it's so important. And what I got in that first meeting, which is kind of what you just said there, was I could talk to people who got it, they yeah. understood, and people talked back. And, and spoke about stuff. And, and it, was, it was good to hear you talking about, like, your dad having your finances and all that kind of stuff because, yeah, that's what I did. Um, did I feel like a 10-year-old at first? I suppose I did. But nowadays, it's a very different thing. Nowadays, um, and I, I have taken more of the ownership of my money back, so I might have more than a few pounds a day. 
But what I do do is I still meet up with my dad every month. You know, I still meet up with my dad every single month. And me and my dad still go through my finances. We meet up, we go through them so that he knows what's going on. And recently, I've been going through a lot of mental health problems myself. So yeah, even though I'm not gambling or drinking, I've had loads of stuff recently. I'm waiting for an ADHD assessment, right? Actually, no, that's not true. I had it on Monday, but I'm waiting for the result that will come mm-hmm. through on Sunday. And that has caused me a lot of problems. Um, but I'm really glad that I didn't feel the need to drink or gamble. But what I did do is I bought a shed load of takeaways and I spent some money that I didn't have without even realising it because my head wasn't in the right space. Um, but what was great was I could speak to my dad very quickly about that and we got it sorted out. So it's that open, honest conversation when you sometimes feel like you don't want to do it because maybe you've let them down. You feel like you've let them down. You haven't let anyone down, and In my yeah. mind, you know, you've... you've you're, you know, it's you're not well with that. You know, it's the same as having a physical illness and then people would help you. But with regards to gambling addiction, um, being a disordered gambler, it's hard because people don't understand it. And, and that's what it is. And, and the other thing about it is, like with my family, there are a lot of people who are harmed. It isn't just me. So you're right when you talk about uh, your other half and you talk about yeah. your parents and that. They are harmed. They are harmed. And actually, that's why my parents started going to Gammonon, which is the um, family side of GA, so that they could get a lot of help for themselves. Because, you know, when I became honest with them and said, here's what's been happening, I mean, they found me out three times before, so it was about Mm -hmm. the fourth time. It was terrible. Um, They had a lot of baggage that they then had to take on. Um, But you also said about you were 19 when you started. Yeah, yeah. I was 30. Do you know what I mean? I was 30 and I'd never gambled. It wasn't something that I did. It wasn't even something I enjoyed. It was something that was so normalised in in the world um, and around football. We were chatting before. I'm a Liverpool fan, but I go to West Ham. Um, And West Ham is obviously um, the London Stadium, or as I like to call it, Betway Stadium. Uh, all of Stratford is covered in Betway when you get there on a match day because on all the shirts and that, you go out for lunch. Betway's everywhere. You can't avoid it. Um, and then there's still other companies that are, that are advertising there as well. I think it was B-Win I saw last night, but now playing their game um, in Europe. So, yeah, it's hard just to see all that stuff. And I didn't download... Basically, I downloaded my first app when I was 30 because I was feeling a bit vulnerable um, with my mental health. And as I said to you, I've been drinking for many years. I felt a bit vulnerable and... And I saw a Bet365 um, advert, and I'd seen so many of them. And it was just this particular time when Ray Winston was telling me that I should bet because it's more fun when there's money on it and all this kind of stuff. And you don't want to miss these odds. I thought, bloody hell, this time I better do what Ray's telling me. And I did. <laughs> I did. He's that kind of character, yeah. isn't he? And, uh, and I'm sure that's why they signed him up. And from there, it went very quickly from just trying to do a football bet to not just betting on football anymore but also betting on in-play football and and dogs and horses and virtual dogs and being cross-sold the dangerous casino products because I never went on there to play roulette. I never played roulette in my life, but very quickly I was playing roulette and I was playing slot machines and they made me a VIP and they were giving me free money because I was losing more money than you're supposed to. Um, And it, you know, by the time I was 36, I was there planning to take my life. Um, it's crazy. And that went from me downloading an app as somebody who'd never gambled, had no intention of gambling. Um, so, yeah, it can get anyone is what I'm trying to get to. Um, so don't be ashamed if it's you. There's no need, you know. I'm a guy who's well-educated, um, got a great family, great upbringing, and it happened to me. So it can happen to anyone. And why wouldn't it when it's so normalised in this world we have these days? 
Yeah, I, I think I, what you're saying there about rear wins, I think those, some of those adverts, and I think they need to really look at them um, because they are so easy. Aren't they? They're so easy to learn. It's like when you're watching, um, I watched, it was a football match on Monday night, uh, it was Arsenal, and I can just remember the Arsenal game and thinking, oh, like, it was, it was, I think it was 1 0 at the time, and I thought, oh, I think Palace will get back this. Palace were playing well, and then there was a, uh, there was an order. Uh, Edward score for six, score next, sorry, 6 to 1. I went, he'll do. I went, I went meet Yasmin Gotham, and I bet he does score. I guarantee you, he'll score this. And he did. And I was like, yeah, now what? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, but it is, it's so easy. It, and it does, it can affect, as you said, it can affect anyone. You know, you don't have to be, you know, you know, Johnny Go Lucky. You, know, you don't have to be a rich board. It can be anyone who, five or ten people who just walk past you who are gambling addicts. And that's how, you know, the, the addiction is. They call it the silent addiction, don't they? Because it is so. It is just so easy to to mask it. Um, you know, obviously, you talk about an, al- an alcoholic. You talk about the, the the smokers. You can see your smokers. You can see your alcoholics. You know what I mean? You can't see the gamblers. You know, you can't see. I was very, 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 very good at masking my losses. You know, I remember coming out of a of a bookie to losing about two and a half thousand. And I just literally bumped in one of my heads. I was like, ah, do you want to go for a pint? Yeah, you want for a pint, you know what I mean? But despite my head going, how the frick am I going to afford this pint? You know, it's it's such an it's such like a, a hard one for anyone, I think, to to like kind of uh, to kind of um like to notice, you know, like like Gary's one of my best mates, and I don't think Gary knows the whole the whole story. You know, he knows I've been, you know, he knows I've been in the mill with it. But I don't think he knows the whole story. I mean, we me and Gary went out on a night out and um, this was when I was kind of in recovery a little bit, and I thought I'd, I thought I boosted it, and I ended up on um, on a stock machine. I lost about 40, 40 quid, which compared to what I've lost at the time was 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 nothing. And I was so embarrassed about it. Um, we were in a bar called Love Shack in Durham, which is it's it's gone now. Um, and I, there's a bridge just next to there, and I sat on that bridge, you know, sat with my legs dangling over that bridge. So I thought, well, what's the point? You know, I can't do it anymore. Um, and I had, had to go for a mental health assessment. And I'm with you about the, the, the mental health thing, Mick, because I got diagnosed with um, depression and anxiety last year. Um, and the doctor said that me, my gambling side of things was because of depression. That was my kind of um, vice. You know, that was the thing I used to to mask my feelings of, of depression. It's funny that you said there with your mental health was struggling, so you, you went to gambling. And I thought, I think that might be my same thing because I was worried about worried about money because of only being getting commission-based. This was my way out. I chose that way out. You know, I ended up, like I said, I ended up earning a little bit of money, but it all went. It's all gone, you know, and I've got, literally, I've got a, a pot of pissing at the minute, but, you know, that's the way it is, I think. But, um I firmly believe you've 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 literally um, just mentioned about B Win and all them being advertised in football stadiums. Now I remember in the nineties, um, the Formula One got rid of the whole cigarettes, and I think football did as well of on the advertising. Now for me, I feel that every football team in the country should be joining together and banning them advertising. You know, Bet Three Six Five. Who was Stoke, weren't they? Because obviously he's the owner, as Peter Coates, isn't it? And he's your. But I think that should be that should be scrapped. You know, you, there's so many more sponsors out there deserving than these, you know, gambling agencies and gambling companies who don't care about me or you. You know, they're not bothered that we've lost, you know, thousands and thousands of pounds. They can claim that they do. You know, and yeah. they can claim, well, we tried to stop them. You, you they do these deposit limits, but these deposit limits are so easy just to go, well, I'll, I'll do this, but I'm getting rid of it tomorrow. 
So they don't care really, you know. I, I don't. I don't think anywhere. No, I mean, I mean, once again, so much to say on what you just said there, and I mean, there is loads of stuff. So, if we start with the deposit limits and stuff, like, like, once you're somebody who's being harmed because you're playing a, their products, which are addictive, and yeah, there is some responsibility on our side as well. Of course, there is, but but you don't get any responsibility from their side. So the responsible gambling message is always to the person who's gambling: is you set your limits. Well, hold on a minute. If I'm playing on a slot machine because you've given me a free offer and actually I've never planned to play slots before and now I'm hooked on it, I'm not going to be able to set those limits because you hooked me in. So don't pretend any other way. And, you know, like 60% of profits that they take come from 5% of the gamblers. So people like you and me, and that's where that comes from. So, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I think there should still be a gambling industry. Don't get me wrong. I think that's absolutely fine. But I think... What bothers me is the harm. So I think there should be a harm-free gambling industry. I don't know how they get to that, but but one of the things that needs to be done for sure is that it needs to stop advertising in sport. Football is what we concentrate on a lot because it's such a big sport. It's the beautiful game. It's what's the main sport that's followed in this country. And yeah, it needs to come off the shirts. It needs to come off the hoardings. It needs to be, you know, clubs shouldn't be sharing stuff on Twitter about bookmakers and kids seeing it, you know, all this kind of stuff. It needs to stop. And that's why I'm part of a campaign called The Big Step, which was set up by a guy called James Grimes. And and James set it up because of his own um, harm that he suffered from gambling. Um, and he started walking between some clubs up north or maybe it Manchester way, I can't quite remember, just to kind of raise some awareness. Um, and it's, it's grown, it's grown, so that last year we walked from... Um, we walked from Gretna in Scotland all the way down to Wembley before the Euros asking um, the TV channels to take it off the TV. Now, they didn't, but we're trying to make this statement. And, and people have signed this. Peter Shilton backs it. Um, Gary Lineker has shared it. Um, and, you know, a 12,000 uh, signature uh, petition was taken to Parliament on this kind of stuff. People are out there and they want it to change. I mean, how many times do you hear that a football team actually removes the gambling sponsor from their shirt and they sell more shirts? You know, what that should be saying something to the clubs. And another thing is, to be honest, um, if you look at actually the top six, they don't have gambling sponsors on their shirts, like the top clubs, unless West Ham are, you know, getting their way in there at the moment. But but they do have partners. There's only one team in the Premiership who doesn't have a partner, as I'm aware, at the moment. Um, but all the others do. And it needs to change. It really, really does need to change because it's dangerous. And there are clubs standing up to it, but they aren't the big ones at the moment. So there are clubs such as um, Dulwich Hamlet, we were at the other day, absolutely super club. Interestingly enough, though, Peter Crouch is currently involved with them. I think he's their president or something like that. Um, but he obviously does, the, or he has been doing, whether he changed his mind now or he's out of contract, I don't know. But he's been doing Paddy Power adverts mm-hmm. for a long time. So, you know, what's that conflict of interest there? I'd be really, really interested to chat to Peter Crouch one day about that. <laughs> uh, I really, really would. But, you know, we know the danger. We know the danger. Um, they don't really get that much money. They say they get a lot of money, but West Ham get the highest amount. Um, a lot of the clubs, it's quite a small percentage, really, of what they get. Further down the leagues, that might be different. But these big clubs, they can they can do away with it. I don't believe they can't. The money they pay payers, you know, you know, maybe just pay one of them a little bit less or something. You know, like it's not that hard um, because other sponsors will come in. They may not pay quite as much, but other sponsors will come in. Um, and I know this is off the back of COVID, and people say, well, now's not the right time. But when is the right time? You know, this has been coming for a long time. Clubs should be planning for this kind of stuff. And there are great clubs, like I say, Dulwich Hamlet, Lewis FC. Billericay Town FC, 
there are more. They escape me right now, and I do apologise to them. But you know, there are Tranmere Rovers, for example, as well. Um, they're out there doing stuff, and and they should be. And the more that get on board, the better. But wouldn't it be great if a big club came in and said, you know what? We'll get behind this as well. That'll make a yeah, big difference. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's what it needs. I think it needs a, a big club so then people can actually stand to take notice. And I, I keep on going back to the, the Merson documentary. I think that will have have gotten to a lot of people who who probably haven't or even kind of dismissed it as not being a huge thing. Um, I kind of think that when the fun stops, stop has has done a lot better than what you know what it used to be. You know, I remember the uh, the bad Betty one. You know, when they were singing the song, I thought that was. Uh, that's no, I didn't really get that. But the when the fun stop stop one, I think is kind of raising a bit more awareness. But it, it there needs to be more. I, well, I do think there's been more. They've actually just changed when the fun stop stops, and I think personally, when the fun stop stops was terrible mm. because you can't. Yeah, you stop. yeah. I couldn't stop. No, and, no, was, no. And, and so to me, that says it didn't really work yeah. at all in my mind because I was gambling. I wasn't having fun at all. I couldn't stop. Did I ever have fun? Maybe I did the first couple of bets. I can't remember. But certainly I wasn't then. It was just I couldn't pull myself away. And that and they don't really show that on the screen very much, do they? And when they did, the fun was very large in the lettering, but the other bits weren't. So, you know, it's the, it's the fun bit that stands out. And also on these adverts, they always still show their branding. You know, yeah. in these kind of adverts, I think, well, take the branding away. You know, have some real proper safe gambling advertising. And not safe for gambling, but safe gambling as well. That's what I like the idea. Let's make gambling safe. Um, will we get there? I don't know. But they have got a new um, a new strap line that's just come out, and it escapes me, unfortunately. But will it be better than the last one? Oh, it's something like take time to think. That's not exactly it, but it, it's something like that. But the same thing again, if I'm going to sit there with somebody who's addicted because of, you know, because they've sent me... Um, not addicted because they've sent it, but if they've just sent me something which says, here's a free bet, come place a free bet, at the same time as they're saying, take time to think, that doesn't match, does it? It doesn't mirror. It's really, really difficult. I don't like it. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that. I mean, you've touched on there as well, Chris, about shirt sponsors or sponsors uh, in any way, shape or form in the Premier League. And I did a bit of research and it looks like every single club, one way or another, has something to do with sports betting, whether that be a shirt sponsor, an arm sponsor, or literally just an official betting partner. Um, obviously, you look at Brentford, who I think it's Hollywood Bets, Stake.com's Watford, uh, Betways, West Ham, isn't it? Daffa Bets, yep. Burnley. That's all getting promoted on the shirts, and we've got these 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old kids who are seeing this on the shirts, and they might be going, Dad, what, what's Daffa Bet? Dad, what, what's Hollywood Bets? Do you think we're ever going to get to a place where betting logos are not going to be present on any form of shirt? Yeah, I do. I really hope we do. I think I think we can get there. I do think we will get there. I, I think it will come off shirts. I hope it does more, though. I think the point is getting it off shirts is the start. It needs to just be gone from football. Like tobacco is gone from sport. You know, that's what needs to happen. Um and it is about protecting the children. That is what it is. It's about stopping children getting to this place. Now, if adults want to bet on a game of football, adults know where to go, don't they? They do not need to see this bombardment. So we're not saying adults can't go and bet on football. But what we're saying is let's protect the children and not bombard them with this because kids do know. There was a West Ham fan, a little girl, called uh, Teddy Bear Betway. I think she was about eight or something like that. Could have even been younger. That's not right. This is a product for over 18-year-olds. So why are children... Why are children even seeing it? 
but it is all the time. I mean, you look at games. I've been playing a game on my phone recently. I think it's called Wudoku or something. You get bits of little slabs of wood and put them together. It's rubbish, really. But I've been playing that. And all the time on there, I'm getting adverts for casinos. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, that's a game for kids. Um, I just have to be playing it. And all the time, that's happening. So it's so normalised. It's so dangerous, you know. I mean, football. When I was a kid, football. You played football. You watched football because you loved football. I didn't ever grow up thinking, oh, I think gambling is a part of football. But I do worry, and I'm sure they do now. Kids think gambling and football go hand in hand. They're part of the same thing. And they're really not. It's the beautiful game because it is the beautiful game. It's not the beautiful game because you've got to have a bet on it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, can, I, can, um, I can relate with the, with the game there. Every time, I'm, and I've changed my Facebook advertising settings about five times in a month. And I'm still seeing online casinos, even though that I've got gam stopping, I've got gam banning, so I can't even, even if I wanted to, it doesn't come on my website. Like it doesn't come, it says that the website uh, uh, could be like a, a volatile something or other. I don't really read it, but um, so I can't, even if I wanted to, I couldn't. Um, but you're still seeing it. So I, you know, even I'm going on Facebook just to have a chat with my mates. The first advertisement that comes on is for um, an online casino or, or a bootmakers, and I'm like, well, I don't want to see that stuff. You know, uh, what I find re- is, is the same with with the football is it's. It's exactly the same with horse racing as well. I mean, I love my horse racing and I've got, yeah, I've lost money on horses, but I still watch horse racing now, you know, and I can watch it now and not want to bet on it. You know, I just think it's a beautiful, I love the animal, the animals, beautiful sport, you know. Um, but literally, the, you know, I watch um, at the races, um, with my Sky Sports Racing now, but they're all sponsored by either, gum, either, um, Online casinos or online betting stores, as in Quinbet, Ladbrokes. So every time there's an advert, and bearing in mind there's bloody loads of adverts, eh, even when you know the horses have gone down to Portland and they're getting put in, there's an advert, there's a Ladbrokes advert on with Tony McCoy saying that one away. Now I'm thinking, well, I've had to turn it off now because I can't, I, I just can't take it. You know, and I'm like, I, I don't want, I don't want to be watching. Tony McCoy saying that's the one, you know what I mean? I want to watch the fucking horse race, you know what I mean? Because I'm I'm sat there and I, I used to play this with my gran. I used to play um, matchsticks. So we used to watch a little bit because like, I was a bit too young to go to football with my dad. And we used to have like 10 matchsticks each, you know, and just give each other matchsticks or whoever won. And that was our little, you know, our little game. So I started playing little matchsticks with myself, but I had like little sweets. And this is with myself, so I wouldn't want to have a sweet. You know what I mean? That's just a just a little thing to put my mind off, and so I could still watch a sport that I enjoy. But then, you know, like I say, I'm seeing, you know, literally every five minutes, uh, a, a, a lad, I think it was Ladbrokes or uh, whatever McCoy's with, I think he's with Bedford, isn't he? Um, sorry, uh, William Hill. Um, and I'm like, but I don't want to see that. I want to enjoy what I watch without, you know, having that. It's like it's like see if you were watching, you know, Curry. And, you know, every single time that, you know, a, a drinking advertisement comes on and you're an alcoholic or a cigarette advertisement comes on and you're a small bit, you wouldn't do it, would you? You know, for me, they all should be watershedded. It should be after 10 o'clock, you know, so kids can't see it as well, you know, so kids can't get learned into it. Um, you know, they've done everything else. You know, they've done the whole smoking and drinking after, uh, post-watershed now. It should be for the gam- for the gambling as well, because for me... And I've, I know I know a guy who's an alcoholic as well. And my dad is uh, he needs an operation on his leg because of smoking. And you know, I know how bad addiction is for him and he's struggling like hell to stop. But for me, I think the gam- the gambling addiction is the worst one to try and control because you don't have your patches, you know, your nicotine patches. You don't have, you know, you don't have anything. It's 
pretty self-will in talking to other people. Uh, so for me, it, it, they need to do a lot more, uh, Chris, I, I think. And I, I do agree with what you're saying about this fo- the football advertisement. We don't need that to enjoy a game of football. You know, it's, it's, it, it's like you say, it's a beautiful game because it's the beautiful game, not because, you know, because you're better on it. You know, it's, 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 it's completely different. It's not hand-in-hand at all. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And one other thing I'd just like to say there is, uh, talking about advertising, I always buy candy washing machines and microwaves. And it was only when I started thinking about this gambling stuff and sponsorship that I realised the first football shirt that I had, which is what we were talking about before we came on to record, was the Liverpool uh, candy one with like the white flex on the red top. Yeah. That had candy on it. And that was my first football shirt. And John Barnes used to play in that shirt. And I used to love John Barnes. I still do. And I still buy those products. It's weird. I got a JVC TV recently because I didn't buy it. Somebody else did. And I just thought, oh, there's an TV. So yeah. it does stick in your mind. It does stick in there. Whether, yeah. you know, whether I realised this, I was buying these products because I trusted them. And I trusted them because they are on the chest of my football team. And your chest is right next to your heart, isn't it? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I love this. I trust it. And, and it, it's a it's a crazy thing, really. You said some other interesting stuff there, Rand. I've got, I've got to jump in with this because you said about the um, after 10 o'clock or after 9 o'clock, watershed mm-hmm. not having the answer till then you know personally i'd like to take it a step further and the real mm-hmm. like the reason for that is yeah the kids won't see it and we don't want the kids to see it but what about the vulnerable people like yourself and me for example mm-hmm. who are seeing tv after that time and i'm not saying you know we're always going to be in a position where we, sh- we shouldn't see it but but it's dangerous isn't it you know like you said you don't want to be seeing it all the time and i just feel like for me if it's gone and one of the reasons is i feel the tone of gambling adverts is very different to alcohol as well um so even though i'm a recovering alcoholic um i find the tone of them very different nobody is saying to me pull that bottle of gin out of your pocket now and shove it down your throat that's what it feels like gambling because it yeah. literally is you've yeah. seen your pocket get it out put that bet on now or you're going to miss these odds so it's a different tone and that's why i think it needs to be it really really needs to go and also i mean there's 55,000 uh, kids in this country at the moment who are addicted to gambling between 11 and 16 um that's crazy mm. that's crazy so it just we need to we need to sort this out yeah yeah that's a very interesting um statistic which i'm going to be honest i never knew about and i'm very I'm very shocked at that. I mean, I'm going to pose the question to and, and yourself, Chris. I've asked this question probably on the last four or five podcasts. Can social media do more to help people who are vulnerable when it comes to gambling? Definitely. It's like I've just said before there, you know, I can't go on Facebook now without seeing, you know, an online casino. And this is an online casino that I'm banned from. You know what I mean? I got, I got banned... Um, I can't remember it now, but it, it, I, I will just quickly go back. I remember the point you just made there, Chris, about, um, you know, your free tenants and stuff like that. Now, in my, you know, really bad days, in my mid-twenties, um, I was on a casino that used to give you what was called a weekend booster. Now, a week, what the weekend booster was, the totaled up how much you'd spent that week and gave you a percentage of it back. So, like, I mean, so I remember once I said, oh, you've, you've, your weekend boost is £2,200. Like, That's an absolute shitload. Looked at it. And I was about 18, 19 grand down that week. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> can I have it all back? You know what I mean? And, and that went, that went that weekend. And, and that's what's so dangerous, you know. But, but, but we'll go back to what Gary's saying there. You know, I, you can't go on Facebook without seeing anything. You know, we've, we've got the Dream Team app at the moment. Um, I've got that on my phone. Gambling, gambling um, site below it saying, um, you know, you've, you've, 
think you can pick six. Like, um, I, I, I think it's like just a fake thing where you can pick six teams. You want them to win, blah blah. Do you want to bet on that? Uh, no, I don't. I put more salad on my dream team. Do you want to bet more salad to score first? No, I just want him to bloody score my dream team. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just a bit of fun. Uh, you know, it's just bottom. yeah. There, there we are. There. I can understand that they've got that at the bottom bit, but they've also got a link to a betting site just above it. So, so I go on the oh, dream yeah. team app. Yeah, and I'm seeing yeah. gambling. I go on Facebook, I'm seeing gambling. I go on, as as Chris just pointed out there, you play a game on your phone, you see gambling. And there's no wonder that there is kids addicted to gambling because they play these games. Candy Crush, you know, I'm sure they charge now for extra um, extra lives or whatever. So if you've, if you've, you know, ran out of lives, you can get, you can go straight back on this, pay a tenner or whatever. And that, even though it's just a tenner, people say it's just a tenner. When I first started gambling, I used to pay a bet like what twenty quid. Oh, it's only twenty quid. I'll get back tomorrow and all that. You know, I'll I'll get, I'll get paid next week. It'll be fine. And and that's such a dangerous kind of precedent to set yourself because then you're immediately chasing. So you're thinking like, oh, I'll get that tenner back. But then you're chasing that tenner or you're chasing that twenty. And believe me, them tenners and twenties become hundreds, become thousands, become tens of thousands. Hence why I'm you know in in this in the um, financial state that I'm in because I was at that point was at only. A tenner when I was 19. When I was 21, it was only 100 quid. When I was 24, it was only 500. And 30 odd, 1,000. And it's gone into, like I say, 90,000 pounds worth of damage that it's done. I can't get all that back. You know, and that would require a, a big lottery win, which I don't play anyway. So, you know, it's uh, you can't get that back. So for me, I think social media just should just get rid of it all. Just, you know, there's many other things you can advertise on. You know, there's so many things, there's good things. You know, good things that you can advertise on. You know, charities. You know, things like that where where what that deserves advertisement. But the problem is these these charities or whatever won't be able to afford the advertisement space that Facebook charges for them. Hence why you know the the heads of Facebook are so rich because these gambling sites and these casinos pay a lot of money. But it all goes on as well that they are obviously monitoring what your what your what your Google history or whatever search engine history is. So it's it's an endless cycle, isn't it? I mean, absolutely. And and for me, I was actually watching a program last night. I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's about social media and kind of the danger that it's going to cause the world in the future, potentially, because of what you just said there, and they know exactly what you're looking at. Therefore, and they're giving that to you for free. It's like we are the product. Do you know what I mean? Like we are the product. And, and that's because with a product because we're looking at what advertisers are selling so the more people who look at an advert the more money the advertising company will give them so if they're putting out betting adverts and people are looking at the betting adverts which they will because they feel like this is a normalized thing and they they might think oh this is a way to make money which it isn't some people do think that other people think well this could be a bit of fun so you know they look at it they look at it but it has to change it really really does and you know another example is if you're trying to enter recovery and you were to go online in google and type you know something about getting help for gambling you won't get the help sites come at the top you'll get ads you'll get three or four ads for a bookmakers first how horrendous is that you know what i mean you're trying to get help and that's what comes comes up first i mean it's not a matter of should they be doing more they have to do more they have to do more it's just it's totally out of order at the moment, but the gambling companies, you know, they don't spend that much on TV advertising, to be honest, even though it's on the TV a lot. It goes on to online advertising, social media. It's where the kids are. They know, the, they, you know, the kids are there. They see it all the time. And another issue is, you know, you go on YouTube 
and you're trying to watch a video and I've had this on like channels which are, are kids channels essentially and I still get uh, advertisements up there for gambling now I worked out the other day a way to go into YouTube and stop that so now I'm not seeing those adverts but it shouldn't be for us to do that and this is the argument I always come back to it shouldn't be for us to have to stop that and block that stuff because if we're vulnerable are we going to be able to block that stuff it should be for those companies to make those right decisions and say do you know what we don't want to share this type of stuff with people or you know at least on a kids channel make sure it doesn't go on there because that is just totally unacceptable what i can't understand is though because why am i still seeing these ads when i'm when i like i say i'm on gamban and i'm on gam stop so gamban i can't go on these sites even i wanted to anywhere and gum stop, I couldn't log in. So why am I still seeing that on Facebook? When you know, literally, probably a year, year and a half ago was the last time I even, tempted, you know, even attempted to try and get in one of these things. So why am I still seeing that everywhere I turn? You know, that that's what's, you know, that's what really does kind of mess with my mental health, and it really brings the depression back because yeah. you're seeing it every single. You cannot look the other way. You know what I mean? It's it's everywhere you turn, and that's what kind of brings it in mid. Oh, yeah, but I've lost, you know, like I said, and the ninety grand or whatever. You know, it's probably more, but um, you know, that's why I've lost this, and then it brings back this regret. It brings back the guilt, you know, and and that's what brings brings the whole mental side of things. You know, I remember you saying just there before that you you attempted you know, to take your own life, and I've I've done it twice. You know what I mean? And and, and you know, I know it's not a competition, but. It, it, at one point it seemed the only way but now kind of looking at it into my head it's like it's not because i'm a gambler it's because i am recovering i think i've done a respectably good job you know i'm, I'm still you know on my way there but there's still that guilt and there's still that kind of um you know in your head the regret in your head that you you're trying to stop but can't because everywhere you go you're seeing these companies and you're seeing this you know it's it's, a, it's such an impossible thing i think to be honest and the last thing i want to see is when i'm trying to switch off and going on to facebook or trying to watch my horse racing is that is that product again yeah it's out of order it's out of order isn't it it's totally out of order you, I, you know i feel like you shouldn't be seeing it you shouldn't see it um and it's it's unacceptable it's dangerous it's dangerous like you said you know i i plan to take my life at one point and you've you've attempted it twice just said um in this country there's at least one person a day who takes their life because of gambling harm yeah. and that, you know that's not a well documented and shared um figure but there's between 250 and 650 people a year and that's something you know i'm sure that's much higher because how does a coroner actually work that back you know unless it's written in a note or something like that how would they know um it's huge you said it yourself after losing some money earlier you found yourself on a bridge sitting there yeah i i talk to people all the time who've been in this situation we're the lucky ones we're the lucky ones because we didn't but i know i know families of people who who have and and i know people i've met recently uh, you're talking about the paul merson documentary and we had charles and liz from gambling with lives you had annie on there as well and, and annie she literally lost her husband, Luke, earlier this year. He'd got a free bet in, well, about, I think it was four weeks. Or, I can't remember off the top of my head now. I should know could talk to her so often. But literally, he got a free bet. And within four months, I think it was, yeah, within four months, he'd taken his own life. Because like you said, there's that shame, there's that guilt. He didn't know what to say, didn't know who to talk to. Just, just felt like, I can't get out of this. Luke needed to talk to somebody, and unfortunately, he didn't manage to do that. And we are. This is the beauty of this. We are. We need other people to realise you talk about this. You can get the help. There's hope. I know so many people. I know a guy who's 46 years 
he hasn't gambled. And he still comes to my GA meeting every week, and it's beautiful to see him um, because because he shows that it can be done. He shows that yeah. it can be done, and life can get better. I think these companies should be looking at you know that kind of you know making that the forefront. You know, I watch a guy on YouTube called Andy Marga, and I mean he's such a, a, you know an inspiration. You know, because he's he was in a, in a bad place, in such a bad place, and and I th- I think he needs to be at the front of nearly every advertisement thing YouTube have for, for you know, the gambling sites and things. Because, I mean, I don't know you, I don't know what you see on, on YouTube, but there's a lot of people who do use YouTube as a as a gambling um, platform, you know, but, and, and it's so easy to kind of, on that again, on YouTube, I, I watch old episodes of Casualty, you know, because I loved it when I was growing up. But, but below, because I was a gambling addict, I'm seeing a guy called, a guy called, I think it's called Stop and Step or something, or other. oh, I've been to a bookies today, I want to I wanna think of that, and I don't want to watch that. I, I want to watch Andy Marga, you know, I want to watch, you know, recovering gamblers, not not people who are gambling, because it'll make me want to go into a shop and spend my money, you know, which is you know, low enough as it is anyway, um, spend my money on that. So, you know, I think people like Andy and, and you know, like yourselves, um, you know, for the, for the, podcast that you've done which you know I, I must say i haven't listened to but i will be because i mean it only until yesterday when we thought we'll get someone else on to help talk um i only realized that you know twitter had all this you know i literally just i'm literally just learning so there's loads of podcasts i've got written down that i will be listening to and loads of people i'll be talking to as well and you know just to you know give my side of things and you know and and help in any way we in any way i can because i want to help as well you know i don't want someone in 10 15 years time i've got like a nephew who's 10 uh, sorry, no, he's, he's ace. He Christ. Um, and I don't want him to go the same is. way I did. I'm <laughs> sure my dad didn't want to go the way I did, you know what I mean? And my dad's helped us out so much, and my mum, you know, everyone has, has helped us out. Um, but I wouldn't want, you know, if I was to talk to 19-year-old me and um, talk to the guy at Empower and say, no, there's a tip on, I'd love just to go and say, no. You know what I mean? It'll it'll pass. It'll pass. You know what I mean? You, you might be skint now, but in you know four or five years, you'd be working for you know working for the council, which is what I was doing, working for a good company, and you know you'll have a car, you'll have this, you'll have a life. You know, you're only nineteen, your life's just starting. And I wish I could go back and say to, to that nineteen-year-old, and whether I'd have listened or not, I think in hindsight I probably would have done. But I would love just to have to say them just no. And then uh, it might have it might have stopped it, but you know that's uh, that's for another time, isn't it? <laughs> no, absolutely. And what I would quickly say is, Andy is a wicked guy. I love Andy. Yeah, I know Andy, and he's he's yeah a brilliant guy, a brilliant guy. So he's who you want to watch on YouTube, and he's not the guy yeah. losing his money in the bookies. But you're right. There are so many people out there trying to help on Twitter. There are loads of podcasts. Yeah, there's mine, which is all bets are off. But there are others. There's loads. There's the Invisible Addiction. There's um, All In. Um, there's Oh my God! Why am I forgetting all my mates' podcasts? Here? <laughs> but there were loads of them. Uh, the After Gambling podcast. There was a girl but, in America that I think I'll listen to. I can't. I think she, is it the Broke Girl? Broke Girl Society. Yeah. yeah, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So there's loads of us, you know. And if one of us is for you, listen to us. If it isn't, listen to another one. That's the beauty of this. We're all there to help each other. That's it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Gary. Go. Definitely, and I totally agree with everything that you've said there, Chris. And and just remember, mate. You know, the comeback's always stronger than the setback. Just got to always remember that. Um, but I think we're actually running out of time because I think, Chris, you've only got up until about 6 o'clock and we're on 17.57 at the moment. 
And see, have you seen my daughter keep poking her head in the door? Oh, oh, I've not her, seen yeah. her yet. I've not seen her yet. <laughs> yeah, my, my dog, that's what that's what was before me. Dog was trying to get him. She was barking, bless her. So, and <laughs> um, Chris's first first um, speech might have uh, might have had might have dogs barking over her, but you know, bear with it, bear with it, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, you know, I think we've spoke, you know, about something that needs that needs addressing. And fingers crossed, you know, it's it's a it's a it's going to be a bloody long battle, you know. But I think we will get there one day. I really do. From my point of view as well, obviously listening to you guys talking about this and obviously sharing your experiences and stuff like that, it's it's very eye opening to what's going on right now. Not just obviously in people's lives, but with social media, you know, Paul Merson, for example, it's 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 been eye opening for me definitely. So like, obviously, cheers and for sharing your story and also yourself, Chris. No worries. Um. It's very, very important, obviously, put that out there and realise that. Um, but, Chris, just want to obviously thank you today as well for your time. Obviously, on a Friday evening, um, you know, going into the weekend and stuff, which I'm pretty sure you've probably got lots of stuff uh, planned with the family. Really thank you for your time tonight. And, and obviously, thank you as well for uh, sharing your your experiences and your story there. Yeah, cheers, cheers, Chris, for coming on short notice as well. Um, no, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys. It's been it's been brilliant. You know, I love doing this. I love talking about this because the more people hear it, the more people can get help. And if yeah. you know somebody who's gambling and you're worried about them, you can also get help. I think that's an important thing to say as well. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.